The following audio is from Morningstar Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio. For more information about Morningstar, visit morningstardayton.org. Welcome back. My name is Ben, and I am the associate pastor here at Morningstar Baptist Church. I'm joined, as always, by our lead pastor and co-host of the Morningstar podcast, John. John, how are you doing today? I'm good, Ben. It's a great day, and it's <laughs> it's a nice day, so I'm doing really well. Yeah, it is yeah. finally nice. We, w- we were able to walk out, take a look at where we're going to do our Easter egg hunt today. Let's be honest. We walked out and went fishing this morning. Well, That's what we... <laughs> but we then we went out. <laughs> then we did some work. But we one of did our t- fish first thing this we morning. We did, but one of our team we one of our team leaders came and we did walk out with them and look at the Easter egg hunt. <laughs> but we might have also threw some lures in the lake. May or may not fish. You know, this is one of the things that you have a pond at your church that makes it really hard for country boys like us to, you know, right. get away from that. Especially but. after seven thirty rolls around and you've already been here for an hour for prayer meeting that's which, right yeah again we love prayer meeting we do it's one of my favorite days so but, but it's it's early it, it starts is early <laughs> <laughs> so you start feeling it yeah yeah you do uh, man but no it's exciting uh because we were you talk about the easter egg hunt we have a lot of stuff coming up here soon with uh easter egg hunt on saturday and then easter on sunday and there's a lot of work that goes into that, but I, it's exciting at this point because we're like, okay, it seems to be coming together. There's always mm-hmm. those moments where you're like, okay, is this really going to pan out? Is it really going to take shape? And now we're at that place where everything's falling into place. And we've got some amazing leaders like Bree kind of again is working really hard, yeah. uh, putting all the, the team leaders in place for that. And so well, I'm excited about it. I can't wait. Yeah. And, and we had, we've had some just incredible, um, people show up and work on different things. We've talked a lot about of our stage project that we had tons of people mm-hmm. showing up for, but then we had our spring cleaning this past weekend and we had right. like 38 people show up for that, which was amazing. Yeah, it was. And it, all age ranges mm-hmm. too. The, the whole spectrum was covered from our church and people were just getting their hands dirty and, and helping out. And we had people outside, inside. It was, and our church, it looks awesome. I, yeah. I can't wait. I, it's one of those things where you got to get, you get your house together. Yeah. We, we got something big coming up and we want our house to be together uh, for our visitors and people to they look at it. They go, okay, they were expecting me to be here today and they're mm-hmm. ready for me. So uh, I can't wait. Yeah. Things are just, is, are going incredible. And, uh, we've started into this series where we're getting to the end of the series com- this coming Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Um, when Jesus comes to town and we started with, with hearing Reese's story last week and, um, just really enjoyed that time and have had great feedback from that and wanted to continue that path this week. And I'm really excited about, Another guest that we have on this week. Absolutely, I, I we're excited today. We've got Mike Oswald, and Mike is one. Him and Karen do just about everything in our church. If, mm-hmm. if there's anything going on, they're right there in the middle of it, and yeah. been such a huge blessing to me. There's a lot of stuff that you know you you get you step into a church in a leadership role and. You have people who just fill voids, even when they're not asked to do it. They just see it and they just fill it. Yeah. And it makes ministry so much easier. And And I couldn't have done it without them. What the, what they bring to the table right now has been so much, man, huge. it's just huge. And yeah. to have him today, and I'm excited because what they do is they run all of our on-campus events. Yeah. So And especially when it comes to any food service thing that happens and we're a Baptist church. So there's a lot of food service yes, events that take sure. place. And Mike's laughing right now because it's true. We have a lot going on and they're just, man, they're awesome at just putting those pieces together. They are. And, uh, and, but he also has a really 
neat story of when Jesus showed up in his life. And I, and I can't wait to be able to talk with him today and interview a lot of people, hear his story and what, what kind of impact and change Jesus had in his life. Because I'm telling you, there's people out there right now that are listening right now that we, we all come from different stages, all different areas of our life right now. And, but there's something that when you hear someone else's story, that his story is going to resonate with someone today. Like, man, that's, that's my story right now. Mm-hmm. And, but the grace and the forgiveness that, that we can experience on the backside, that's what's amazing about his story today. So, yeah, I love that. And and even last week, as people responded to Reese's story, they said, hey, listen, I there's been this thing that I've been worried about to talk about. We had, mm-hmm. uh, Christine and I had somebody who, who, who talked to us about a, a difficult situation in life, and it all spawned because of, of that story. And, and right. I believe there's going to be people that have gone through things that Mike have gone has gone through, and they're going to wonder... That you know they've wondered about you know how is God going to use me moving forward as I've walked through different things or or how do how do I resonate or how do I uh, redeem this part of my story or and, and I think Mike's story is really going to speak to folks and help them understand how God can continue to use them um, as He changes and redeems different areas of their life. So I can't wait to turn it over to you and to Mike and let you guys take off and uh, just get to sit back and enjoy this part of the podcast. Like Ben said, man, I'm excited to have Mike here today. And Mike, it is good. I'm, I'm so glad you came in to talk Thanks. with us today. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, I, you know, we know a lot about you. Um, obviously, you've been in here part of Morningstar. And like you said, you're super involved here, you and Karen. But tell us, uh, we like, tell us a little about your life. A little bit, you know, like if you, it's hard to wrap your life into a brief synopsis. But tell us a little bit kind of the background story of what you were like, what your life was like before Jesus came to town in your life. Well, I only have 30 minutes. So yeah. <laughs> this will be the quick version. Okay. Uh, I was born and raised in Dark County, a little town called Greenville, about 60 miles northwest of here. Um, uh, Mom and dad and I have a brother, a blood brother. Um, I say that because I have half brothers and adopted brothers. Mm -hmm. I I come from a blended family. Uh, Pretty much a normal childhood. Um, Me and my brother went to church on a church bus and uh, mom and dad never went to church, just the kids, and we went with my grandparents, uh, which was cool. Um, my mom and dad got divorced when I was about 12. Okay. Uh, then my life kind of spiraled out of control. What, what, how so? Uh, stopped going to church. Um, started being a very defiant teenager. I lived with my father, uh, who at the time uh, knew Jesus, uh, but wasn't saved. Um, he tried to raise me as a, a single father, me and my brother, which didn't work out too well. Okay. Um, uh, my teenage years uh, were not the best time of my life. Uh, dabbled in a lot of drugs, alcohol, smoking. Um, just was not a good time. Um, I knew who Jesus was, um, but I put him on the back burner. Okay. Um, it just, I wanted to do it all for myself. I thought that I could do everything myself. I thought that, uh, going out partying with my friends and, um, you know, having all the girlfriends and, you know, I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Um, but still there was something missing, still a void in my life. Um, so when I graduated high school, um, I went to broadcasting school actually. Nice. Uh, yeah. Nice. Uh, so I was on the radio for a couple of years. Okay. Uh, still something missing in my life. Jesus wasn't out front where he should have been. 
Um, uh, about that time, my dad remarried, um, and I now had four new uh, brothers and sisters in my life. Mm-hmm. And now you're in your early 20s? Is uh, that yeah, right, right, right okay. about early 20s. That sounds okay. about right, yeah. And um, I noticed that my dad and my stepmother at the time started going to church. Um, and my, my adopted brothers, because my dad adopted them, they started going as well, started going to Christian school mm-hmm. um, there, and um, I just never went. I just never went to church with them, just never, and they were really involved, mm-hmm. and they would always um, talk to me about it. My stepmother especially would always talk to me about it. My father would always talk to me about Jesus, and, and back in those days, it was hardcore. Okay. I mean, it was, you're going to hell if you don't do this, Yeah. period. Right. There wasn't a lot of love involved. <laughs> it was very to a the lot point. of behavioral modification. Absolutely, you change your life. Absolutely, you absolutely. Up right. um, I, about that time, I went to the Navy. I would think I was twenty or twenty-one when I joined the Navy. I joined the service. Okay, something different. I want to see the world. Let's see how that takes me. That just added to uh, added to the the turmoil that I was going oh. down. Lots of drinking. Lots of just. There's no place. Let's put it this way. God is not in the military, or right. not that I see. Right. right. It's just not. Um, while I was in there, I got married uh, to my first wife. Okay. I uh, had a son. Uh, didn't last a year and a half because God wasn't in there. I got married for all the wrong reasons. Mm. Thought I loved her. I didn't. It just wasn't there. Um, lived in a little tiny one-bedroom apartment uh, in Marion, Ohio. Um I got out of the service, and uh, I started working as restaurant managers. Um, once again, when you do that, and you're working third shift, and you're involved what I was involved in, mm-hmm. not good. Right. Not a good mix at all. Um, I met my second wife um, through a dating service back in Dayton, Ohio. Okay. So I moved back to Dayton. Um and uh, we dated for a while, and she got pregnant. So at this time, I'm about 25-ish, and I thought the best thing to do is to man up and hmm. marry this woman. Okay. Once again, still missing a void. Something was right. still missing. Right. Still missing. This whole time, uh, my folks still supported me 100%. They never once turned their back on me and continuously talked about Jesus and talked about God to me and Really very passionate. Mm-hmm. Um, same with my brothers. That lasted. Uh, that marriage lasted for about nine years. Okay. It took me to Seattle, Washington, where I worked for the Boeing company. I, had a, I thought that I had a good life. You know, I had the two-and-a-half car garage and the two okay. kids and the one-and-a-half dog, and right, yeah, you know, yeah. we had it all together, <laughs> but there was still something missing in my life. Hmm. It's still something missing. I got laid off, moved back to Dayton, I was back here a couple months. My wife divorced me. Okay. So that really set me in a big spiral then. Mm. Uh, I was living in a one-bedroom apartment in East Dayton, and uh, I was spiraling out of control. I was 38, 39 years old then. I had a really good job, okay. but I only went there three days a week. It just was not working. So uh, one day I remember my dad calling me, and he prayed with me. And... Uh, it kind of, you know, jostled me a little bit. So I started praying to God that, you know, he at least show me 
what you want me to do because I've been doing it by myself for the past 20 years, right. 25 years, and it is not working. It is just not working at all. So, um, believe it or not, I, uh, through a mutual friend on the internet, I met my wife to be Karen mm -hmm. and, uh, she wasn't what I expected. She wasn't my type of woman that I, you know, that I normally would date, but God put her there for a reason. Mm. And, uh, it, it, uh, it has just been amazing. Right. I mean, together, it was like we both were searching for the same thing. Mm -hmm. And when we found each other, it was just like God said, okay, you guys are together now. So this is what you need to do. Mm -hmm. And we went to, we started going to church at a church right down the street from us in Dayton. Started to get involved there. Um, and um, due to the high crime rates in East Dayton, <laughs> we decided to move out to East Dayton to come to Centerville. Okay. So when we got to Centerville, uh, we started church shopping. Is mm -hmm. what I call it. Right, we went right. to several churches. Matter of fact, uh, my youngest son was living us with us at the time, and he approached me and said, "Hey, a friend of mine goes to this church right down the road from us, Morning Star Baptist Church, and he'd invited us to come to church. And his name was Andy Larson. Okay, and uh, that was in 2012. So we came to church Easter, 2012. Okay, and we didn't come back. Up until that point, you, right when about when you met Karen." So you had had about two decades. So we're looking at about 20 years of from the time you were a young teenager up until, you know, through your teenage years in the Navy, early 20s. And on you were you, you kept you kept referring to it. And it makes a lot of sense. You were searching for something. There was something that just wasn't getting filled. And so for a while, when you were really young, you were turning to some drugs and, the you know, the the you know, the, the immorality, the, the things that you thought with the girls and, and drinking and partying and that kind of stuff. And, um, and then that wasn't really working. So you went to go try to see the world and, you know, through the Navy and which by the way, thank you for your service was awesome. And, and I'm sure that was still a very productive time as far yes. as like some training in your life, but it really didn't satisfy that hole, that, that void that you had. Um, and then you got, you got married early on to your first wife that didn't work out. You went and found another, you got married a second time, lasted a little bit longer, but during that time, I know it's really hard to, enc to encapsulate 20 years, but when you were looking and looking and looking, I know your parents were really trying to get a hold of you. Was there ever anything in your, in at all? Did you ever stop and go, okay, maybe I should try something I've never tried. Or was it just kind of like you were caught in a cycle? Like, what was that like for there you? There would be times that I would say, okay, I know I'm not supposed to be doing this. Mm -hmm. And it was almost like God was, like, beating on my door going, hey, I'm here for you. Right. All you have to do is just look at me and accept me. Mm -hmm. But I never got to that point. Okay. I mean, it was, sure, there were times that I, I thought, you know, this isn't working. But it was just day to day, it seemed like. It, mm -hmm. it, was, it was tough. It was very, very, very tough. And it was a part of my life. Like I was saying that, you know, I'm not proud of it all. Yeah. And, and it, it's, it's something that though that, that, uh, actually shaped who I am today. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but, and a lot of people, and we were even kind of talking before we started, a lot of people are scared to share that part of their testimony. If they have that part of their life story, because they're worried about sometimes what people, um, are going to think, like, what are my, what are the, my church members going to think if they find out that that was, but What's amazing, what you and I have talked, even Ben and I have talked about before, is this fact that 
that before Jesus, before Christ, like that's it, we're living in brokenness. Like we we can't expect people who are not who have not been redeemed and restored to live like people who've been redeemed and restored, right? And that, but that's what the amazing thing that there's such a sharp contrast when we do give our life to Christ. Like that's what makes that awesome. That's why we call it amazing grace because it is amazing because then it covers that multitude of things that we've gone through in our life. And, and, uh, and I know I appreciate you talking about that part of your life because now we're getting to the good part, right? So, <laughs> right, exactly. um, so, and what I, and the other thing I want to kind of talk about is you guys came here the first time because somebody invited you. Correct. Right. Which That's is right. huge. And you, you've been, we've been talking to this about our church family too. Like, 80% of our community said they will come. They would come to church if they were just invited. If they, somebody would just invite them. And you guys are the perfect example of that. Even though y'all didn't come back right away, God wasn't done with you just yet. Sure, absolutely. Right? And so what was that thing that, that drove you guys back, though? You came you know, I, and I don't know. I, I, I keep – There's. it's funny you ask that because I ask myself that, and Karen can probably tell you right off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sure. But I, I just – I don't know. I think we were just not – happy with the other churches that we were visiting mm-hmm. in this area for one reason or the, another. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I can't put my finger on it. Mm-hmm. I just can't. Um, but, uh, I'm glad that we did come right. back. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't the fact that the pastor didn't call us or didn't pursue us because he did. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, people reached out to us. We just, I don't know. That first visit was just, it's nice. It's a nice church. Right. It's Easter, of course, you know. You're going to be at church, right. Just, and yeah, we just did. And it was almost a year, I think, that, that actually, that we actually came back and, and, uh, and you know, right. we've been back ever since. So you came back and then what was that moment? Um, what was that? What was that? You know, we, we, we just talked about the prodigal son um, a couple weeks ago in, in, on Sunday and um, Kyle item and wrote a book, um, and did a little Bible study called aha. And it kind of talks about that aha moment uh-huh. that the prodigal son had when he was in the pigsty there. So what was that like for you? What was that? What was that moment, that transition moment for you when Jesus showed up in your life? You know, the first time I think it was when I got married to Karen mm-hmm. because, uh, and I told this her and I told everybody this, it was like the very first time that I got married. Even though I had had a past that was checkered, mm-hmm. it was like the very first time. It was amazing. I was just, mm-hmm. it was remarkable. Mm-hmm. And I knew that we were going to start this journey together because I've been trying to do it myself for 20 years mm-hmm. and I just can't. You cannot do it yourself. Right, you right, cannot. Right. And so I, that would probably be the first time that I thought, okay, so we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. We're going to do this together. And then um, probably in 16, in 2016, leading up to my baptism, mm-hmm. um, uh, a lot of studying the Bible, a lot mm-hmm. into his word a lot. And just, it was easier because when you don't read scripture a lot and when you mm-hmm. don't follow Jesus a lot and you put him on the back burner all your life, right? it's harder to understand. But when you keep him first, and you open it a lot, it comes. It's it's right there. Right. I mean, it just like hits you with a shotgun in the chest. Right. Absolutely. Well, when when was that moment? When did you get saved? When did you give your life uh, to Christ? July twenty fourth, two thousand sixteen. Okay. Was that here at church? Here or? at church. Yeah. Okay. I I had whenever I was a teenager, I was sprinkled as a Lutheran. But, okay. <laughs> you know that that really didn't. That, that was just because of the girlfriend. Oh, That's nice. It. Okay. But yeah, right. I was baptized um, here in church, um, July twenty fourth, two thousand sixteen. Okay. So and it was the best time of my life. Yeah. It was. 
So that, is, that was a church service. That's the day that you acknowledged, yep. man, that I'm a sinner and absolutely Jesus, I need you. And okay, well, that's awesome. And so now, um, post salvation post that now we're after the moment that you gave your life to Christ. And then it sounds like you immediately followed up with baptism. Like, okay, I'm, I'm going to step out in obedience and get baptized right after I, I get saved. So now what does that look like for you? I know you and Karen are still on this journey and we're all in this process of being sanctified and, and it, I know it's a really churchy word, but we're in this process of, of being more and more like Christ and becoming more like Christ. What does that look like for you guys now? Well, I'm still broken. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. just want to live. I am still broken. <laughs> right. Uh, it's just easier to handle now mm-hmm. because God is with me. Mm-hmm. Whereas before he wasn't there. Um, we just continue to, you know, to, uh, my morning, let me give you an example of how my day starts. Yeah. 3.20 a.m. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so I have a devotional book um, by Max Licato that I read, mm-hmm. and I just absolutely love the devotions. And sometimes I find myself reading two or three and four days ahead. Nice. So I get that devotional, and then I dig into the word that's associated with the devotional. Mm-hmm. Usually about 20 to 30 minutes, because I get up an hour before that I have to leave. And I do that intentional, mm-hmm. because I want that time with Jesus. I want that one hour, two hours before with Jesus. I could mm-hmm. sleep until it's time for me to go. Right. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. And um, so continuously reading, continuously um, being involved with uh, with church. And my job um, allows me, God has put me in my job for a, an amazing, mm-hmm. amazing reason is because, you know, I drive a bus. So I see 400 people every day from all walks of lives. And every single day, you know, I can talk about God to them, mm-hmm. to, to a total stranger, which I have no, no trouble with. Right. So when people get on your bus and they look at you and they see, I don't know what it is. I know what it is, but right. And the first thing they say to you is you must go to church. You must be a Christian boy, huh? <laughs> and I just think, wow, that that's amazing. God right. actually shows, mm-hmm. you know, to other people through, through me to other people that, you know, he's, he's working on me. Right. Absolutely. Well, you you have this awesome story of be, having this brand new life, and not be not not a new life where hey, I got a new fancy car and I got a new fancy house. But you have a you've been made brand new through Jesus and what He did for you on the cross. And there might be someone right now that maybe has some very close similarities to your story. Maybe, maybe they've been through one or two broken marriages. Maybe they've struggled with drugs or alcohol. Maybe they struggle with just that feeling of just lostness of what it's my life all about. What, what, what kind of advice would you give that person right now? And then also what kind of advice would you give that person who maybe had that life, but now they're saved and what they should do? First well? thing you have to do is keep God first. Hmm. You have to keep him number one in your life. Keep him number one in your marriage. Mm-hmm. Keep him number one in your church. Keep him number one in your friends, your family. Keep him number one. Mm-hmm. We're all broken still. Yeah, yeah. I'm not perfect. I don't want to be perfect. Right, <laughs> <I yeah. know laughs> where. So there are times that, yeah, we still do struggle a lot mm-hmm. with marriages, with families, with, uh, uh, with sometimes I struggle with thinking about my past. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think there's a reason for all that. There's a reason for everything. And right. maybe God brings that back up to say, hey, remember how it used to be? Right. Look yeah. how you are now. Absolutely. So, yeah, um, yeah you it, both somebody that doesn't know Jesus and somebody that does know Jesus, you have to keep him first. Right. And if you don't know Jesus, 
talk to somebody that knows him. Give your life to him. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Well, here's what I love. Mike, not only have you this amazing story of restoration and redemption, but you're a leader in our church. You serve on our deacon board. Uh, you are a ministry leader of our all of our on-campus events, and you haven't let any of these things stop you where in the past— some, or even for some people, they, they're so scared that, well, God can't use me now. Yeah, I'm saved, and I've got to, I'm, I know I have him as my Savior, but there's no way he can use me. And you and Karen are these just awesome example of people who, yeah, have a broken past, but God has redeemed and made that a brand new story and made that into something beautiful because it's his story that he wrote in your life. And you guys aren't going to let anything of that stop you from serving him now. And that's what I would want to say too, is just to encourage anybody out there today that maybe, maybe you are struggling. Maybe, maybe it's, you just, you're like, I am so off the deep end right now. There's no way that God has a place for me. Number one, he does. He loves you and he wants a relationship with you. And maybe you know him, maybe you have given your life to him and you're like, well, there's no way he can use me. He can, and he wants to use you. Don't and he don't, will. Uh, he, he will, will absolutely. You. you may be uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but that's the beauty of it. Yeah. <laughs> I love how God makes things uncomfortable for me and my wife. And right, right. She's she's really uncomfortable with a lot of things. Right. But you know, it, it's it, she's come a long way, mm-hmm. and we both have. Um, right. I was uncomfortable doing this. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about it earlier, right. but right. Um, you know, I, I'm glad um, that. Uh, once you get going with things, you know, you're glad that you did and you just thank God for everything. And, and you know, I'm glad that he makes me feel uncomfortable. Absolutely. Really yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm amazing. I'm so glad you have an amazing story and that you were willing to come and share it with us today. My pleasure. And, uh, and I, and I'm excited about what God's doing through you guys here at our church. And I appreciate everything you guys do here. So. It's my pleasure. What an awesome interview um, that we got to, to just experience that you and Mike mm-hmm. got to, to do. And you really, just to be able to, to sit and listen to his story um, was an awesome time for me. Right. It really was. And for me, too. And I, you know, the, the awesome thing is, is that we've got churches, not even just our church, but churches full of people who have amazing stories. That and God is the only one who can take something that's broken and make it into something beautiful. That's it. That's what He does. He makes all things new. And Jesus says, "I make everything new." He says it in Revelation. I love that verse because that's mm-hmm. the story of my life. That's the story of your life. That's the story of Mike's life. And Paul even says that we're a new creature. Like we are a new creation. And in Ephesians, where Paul says that we are His workmanship, we're His masterpiece. Mm-hmm. That He weaves the story of our lives together for a purpose. And just like he's using Mike and Karen now to still reach people now, even with a backstory that some people might be going, oh, that's kind of messy. You're right. It's messy. My story is messy, too. But then there's also some that, like, I, I, I didn't grow up. I really didn't I really didn't struggle with, with drugs, alcohol, or that. But the fact of the matter, we're, you're still broken. Yeah. And it's still a beautiful story that God is writing. And, and so I just love that people come and share. And I love that God is bringing those people to our church mm-hmm. who have – these gifts to use to further his kingdom here yeah. and we couldn't do it without them we couldn't and and i would just say to any of our listeners if if you're wrestling maybe you're not even close to us but you're wrestling through some of these issues that that mike talked about this week or maybe some of the things reese talked about last week our contact information um, our email addresses are available on our website morningstardayton.org and if we can be a resource to you uh, we want to do that and if we can um, help you find maybe a good church in your area to plug into. Um, we want to do that because we've talked about community and how community, and Mike said it in his story, you can't do this alone. Um, you cannot walk 
through the things that we walk through in life, and and we were designed to follow Jesus together. And so if we can help you get plugged into a community, or maybe you're close enough that you can come and plug into our community, we would love to have you be a part, and we want to be a resource. So again, MorningstarDayton.org, you can find our contact information there, and we would love to um, to be a resource to you in any possible way that we can. Mm-hmm.